With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Hi, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Happy Friday. Miller and Condon with you for the next couple of hours as we talk sports with you on Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXNO 106.3 on the FM dial. We appreciate you tuning in. However you're catching uh, Trent and I here today, we're grateful that you are. BMW of Des Moines guest list uh, is as follows. At the bottom of the hour, we'll catch up with Tom Kakert. A couple of Hawks drafted yesterday. Very happy for Luca Garza. Wieskamp as well. Uh, I don't think there was much drama whether he would or uh, would not call his or hear his name called. He was 41 off to San Antonio, but Luca Garza, who was... You know, depends who you talk to, right? Was going to going to be a free agent. Uh, well, he was drafted. He uh, joins his former teammate Tyler Cook in Detroit with pick number fifty-two. So we'll do that. We're going to do football as well. Uh, it's all it's, well. It's the final show of July. Uh, ready or not, here comes college football next next uh, month, and I'm not sure we are. So we'll have to get into college football um, here today. Not have to. <laughs> have to twist our arms for this one. We can't wait. Uh, so Tom Cakert at 10.30. At 11.05, a Stuart Mandel from The Athletic. We will get back into whole, all the realignment stuff uh, with Stuart at 11.05. He is the lead writer at uh, on college football at The Athletic. Grateful that he's going to give us some time here today. Dave Sproul on Iowa State at 11.25 and then four of our listeners will have an opportunity to win Claxton's Barbecue. Again, the rules you can only play once a month whether you win or whether you don't. Uh, once a month is um, the parameters around that game. So we'll get four of you in here about 11.45. Give you three uh, four games, props, a combination of both. Uh, if you get the most right, you'll win $35 gift certificate from Claxon's. The runner-up gets $25. ClaxonBBQ.com online. ClaxonBBQ.com. Uh, 3131 8th Street Southwest in Altoona. My partner's got toothpicks in his eyes trying to keep those eyelids <laughs> open. Oh, I'm great. Uh, but a short night as you got home, what you said, uh, after one o'clock from Iowa City, as you called uh, the Dragons moving on to take on the Hawks. And we'll have that game here tonight as well at 730. Uh, did you see a couple of good games? Did. Uh, Brody Brecht against Jackson Wentworth, and it was in, as anticipated in that one. Brecht struggled a little bit with this control, but first inning, he was sitting at 96-97. They had the radar gun there at Dwayne Banks Field, so got to see kind of everybody. Uh, it was interesting in the late game, Johnston, as they were finishing out Hempstead. Kid for Hempstead that had arm trouble throughout his career, didn't get to pitch a whole lot this year. Uh, was hit 92 on the gun. Talking to a Johnston coach afterwards, and they were talking with him, said he's never thrown 90 in his life. Is that right? A but a senior, up. yeah, last time out yeah. there on the mound. and Good for him. Came up there and was pumping it at 92. Crowds looked great. You sent some video along, Trent, a little video clip, some pictures as well. 
Um, they showed up at Dwayne Banks Field. They did in a big way. It was it seats about three thousand, thirty five hundred. Maybe they can pound in there all the way through and with some standing room only. Not the same numbers that they would get at Principal Park. You know, you look at tonight's game. If Justin Ankeny oh. was playing this evening, how many would be downtown? Probably about eight thousand. Wow. That's usually kind I of. I was going to guess six. Yeah, and Johnston, they travel just as well as anybody mm-hmm. in the state. You'd be talking about those kind of numbers, but. It'll be 3500 there for people that can't get to Iowa City. Listen here on KXNO. We'll have the play-by-play. So, yeah, what is our, what is our plan? So you've got tonight's game, and that's mm-hmm. 730, and then we'll have the championship game tomorrow at... T- tomorrow afternoon. So it's different than what it usually is, a 730 first pitch for the 4A championship. It's in the afternoon. 230 mm-hmm. is when they estimate the Quick start turnaround time. turnaround for yeah. the winners, right? It will be. And this Thursday, Friday, Saturday... Talking to Michael Barta, the Johnston head coach, yesterday uh, for a pregame show. And he said he loves this because it is the truest test. It's not about riding one arm right. to a state Good championship. Point. you got to have a staff. you mm-hmm. got to have a bunch of guys. And it's not even two or three. As we saw last night, Ankeny, I think, threw three different pitchers. Their number two, Weston Folk, who's also going to the University of Iowa to play baseball. He threw nine pitches, though, so he would be available. But this is the test about seeing who has... Not just the best arms, but has maybe the most arms and the fullest pitching staff. Going to be fun and a great game tonight. Rematch last year's championship game. Ankeny was in control of that one, 8-5. Johnson came back and won at 11-8 for the championship a year ago. We'll get the rematch here. And from this broadcaster's perspective, this is a state championship game. Is it really? That's not to say that Prairie or PV, whoever wins mm -hmm, the other one, mm -hmm. can't win. Right. But to my, these are the two best teams. In the state, how about the run the Ankeny Hawks are on? You know the the, yes. the gloom and doom, and I lived there. I heard it. Mm-hmm. I read it. It's yes, loud. they're never going to compete for anything. It again. was significant. It, it was, was going to be loud. All centennial. Yes, and, and early on, it was all centennial. It was all centennial. Mm-hmm. Credit to Andy, the athletic director there, mm-hmm. the coaches that bought in right away. Waukee is seeing the same thing happen as they will start varsity sports this upcoming school year. Everyone's going to Northwest. It's a new shiny object. Everything's going to be there. Just like they went to Centennial. I think the 20, 20 whatever, I think 22 varsity sports that they have at Waukee, 19 of the coaches went to Northwest, Mm. the head coaches at the Mm. varsity level. And Carlson retired, right? He did. Football coach, yeah. He retired. Uh, The one remaining of the quote-unquote big sports is Dave Dirks, the baseball coach at Waukee. And talked to Dave earlier this summer, and he said, you know, when I came here, a lot of people said, eh, not sure if he can win at Waukee, and he's won big time at Waukee. Same thing here. Everybody says you got to go to Northwest. We'll big, build this thing back up. And, and I really like that perspective, to hear a coach say that instead of, it's not the easy way out, but going kind of where everybody else is going, no, I'm going to stay here. I like my principal. Remember, he is a teacher. Yeah. That's your job. Right. Ten months out of the year, the other two are baseball. And he loves his principal and says, I'm going to stay here. Good to see that's still happening in the high school ranks from time to time. No, it really is. So so you'll get finished on uh, on Saturday. Then you're going to take like nine or ten days off, which would be good to mm-hmm. recharge your batteries and come back and get ready to put your football schedule together. Yes, football schedule is uh, being finalized at this moment. That's great. Have some good news. People heard the last couple of years right after Football Friday Nights finishes here on KXNO, my game of the week replayed at 1030. Uh, we might have a home here for those games live at 7 o'clock each Well, not Friday necessarily night. here, but, right. but in, in the, the building. building. Yeah. In the building. Right. 
on the FM dial. So we'll keep you up to date on what's going to be happening there uh, once we get everything finalized. But it's going to be fun. High school football upon us. And uh, week one, speaking of Waukee, Waukee Northwest at Valley. So we'll get to see the new Jeez. school and their first matchup. What, what are their colors? It is blue and black. Blue, black, and white is their colors. So it reminds you of what sports team? What pro team? Blue, black, and white. Kind of their own. Okay, yeah. yeah. I'm trying to, one doesn't pop into my head. You know, the Royals blue and white. Yeah. That kind of royal blue, though. Oh, that kind? Yeah. Yep. Uh, the Royals are going to be part of um, of the Claxons uh, giveaway today, and for one reason only, they happen to be the opponent when the 161-game road trip comes to an end for the team that I root for. Right. The Blue Jays finally get to go home. Can you imagine? I mean, they played all year on the road last year, and up until today... They've been on the road for, since April, since the season started. So we're going to put the Royals and the Blue Jays uh, as part of our uh, Claxons giveaway coming up here at 1145. So there is some breaking news regarding realignment, Trent. Oh, ooh, what do you got for us? Well, buck, uh, buckle up and sit down. Uh, Texas has accepted their invitation to what? the SEC. Yes. Kind of came out of nowhere. Very quick decision. Yeah. I thought that this would take some time once um, you know the Board of Regents met. We know yesterday that the SEC took that one step. Uh, to um, make it official that they would invite Oklahoma and Texas. Well, that was official yesterday. I know both schools, a Board of Regents, are meeting today. But Texas has decided that they will accept the invitation to go to the SEC, catching everybody off guard. We're talking about one of the most prestigious academic institutions, one of the greatest public institutions we have in this country, the biggest athletic department. You'd think that they want to do more diligence due diligence to this, wouldn't you? It seems like an awful fast decision, Trent. As we know, this started, what, uh, eight days ago, I think it became official. Wink, wink, nod, nod. Right. Oh, man. And now, uh, look, at you know, it gets involved now. Well, they already are, but uh, this really moved to their plate, and that is attorneys. And how this is going to, because both Oklahoma and Texas have made it very clear in all of their statements that they plan on staying until 2025. Bob Bowlesby's statement yesterday was none too pleased, but the saving grace is they'll be with us until 2025. Uh, Both parties' nose was growing when they said that statement, but they had to on the advice of their attorneys. What did you think of ESPN's second response to Bob Bowles. Yeah, I... That was flexing some muscle back. It, it was. It's it, Look, nobody wants this. None of the parties want this to, to linger until 2025. This is ugly. Mm-hmm. This, this is going to be ugly. The, 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 the athletes are going to take the brunt of this whenever they're on the road, whatever building uh, they, they walk into. The boos are going to rain down very loudly. Um, look... It's going to be a fascinating season, right? Did you see Kurt Bowles, by the way, from the Austin American Statesman? Yeah. This is like Randy Peterson. Um, Kurt Bowles has covered Texas forever. And for him to come out and say what he did, I want to find the tweet so I can read it verbatim here. When was this? Yesterday? Yeah. I think it was yesterday in the afternoon. Here's Kurt Bowles. Blue check mark. How many Twitter follows does he have? Uh, I'm sure he's got a gazillion of them. Well, 35,000, not as many as I thought, but still quite a few. I really think, this is this is Bulls, I really think when Iowa State surpassed Texas as the clear number two team in the Big, in Big 12 football, that was the final straw for the Horns. They had to do something. Parentheses, guess it didn't occur to them that maybe they'd just put a better product on the field. Um, 
Iowa State fans, and, and you would, as you would anticipate, jumped on that. A lot of them actually believed that when they tweeted that uh, when the, when this first uh, when the news first broke. But for Kurt Balls to say that, I think that kind of reverberates a little bit. I know that that's a shot across the bow at the football program there, but. Um, Look, it's 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 not great by any. You know what it kind of reminds me of, and you know why I think that this has bothered me as much as it has for a couple of reasons. A, I don't want to come in here. I mean, I don't know how we're going to come in here in a couple of years and talk about the, the Cyclones Pirates game right. to lead things off. Right? It's going to be Hawks, whoever, mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, but as a guy whose sports heartbeat was ripped away for 16 years. I know what that feels like mm-hmm. when the Jets just moved to Phoenix. At least Iowa State's not moving from Ames. But to an extent, this is a gut punch that I find very similar to the one that I took. Well, here's the saving grace as I look at it. And as Iowa State ascends to this position that they're currently at, and you're thinking, you're having these illusions of grandeur that we're going to be a program like this year in and year out. I maintain that the likelihood for anybody outside of the power structure, that's incredibly difficult. No matter how good Matt Campbell is, it's hard to maintain at that level, to be one of the top two or three teams in your league year after year. It'll be hard for them to finish in the top two or three this year. they got a bullseye. Absolutely. They're going to be a marked team, Mm -hmm. and that is a part of it. Mm -hmm. And we'll see how they're able to Now, can they? Of course they can. Yeah. They can beat Oklahoma. Yes. We've seen that. It's not to say that they can't. Right. It's just going to be more difficult this year. But think to the future, and think of that. If it does happen, a 12-team Big 12 with the additions we've talked about. But you're good every single year. Mm-hmm. And every two, three years, you're winning a conference championship, something that hasn't happened in over 100 years for Iowa State football. And you're doing that. Yeah, it's not at the same level, but in a structure with a 12-team playoff, and you're going 11-2, and two, you're going to have a seat at the table. Mm-hmm. You're going to be playing in the college football playoff. And that's what it morphs into. It will not be difficult to still fill that stadium. Yes, the conference matchup against an East Carolina wouldn't be great. No. It wouldn't be the same when Memphis comes to town. But still, if you're out there and you're 8-0, you're going to the football game. You're watching that game. You are. And and again, um, if if the big, if, if, well, we know ESPN wants the Big 12 to dissolve. We get why they do. If it has to be called the AAC and. You know the the of the of the teams of the eight that remain in the Big Twelve. If you take the top five, and under any circumstance, I was one of those. And you leave out. I mean, I don't know. And you and you bring in the top of the AAC. Maybe we get to a point here where it's the you know it's the bottom feeders. If there's relegation mm-hmm. um, in the AAC, if some of those teams get you know moved or asked to uh, depart for another comp. Um, conference and we bring in a Cincinnati and we bring in a Houston and a UCF and some of the best of that conference with, with some of the best of the remains of the Big 12. That's not terrible. It's not. And you bring up something interesting about the relegation idea. And for the most part, I've scoffed at the idea. It's just the power structure is too difficult. But as we've talked about kind of morphing and looking into the future, what college football looks about. How about this? You know, we've talked about not the Big Ten poaching the Pac-12, but a partnership. So think of a partnership with those two leagues and whoever else they want to add. And you have basically two leagues, and you have relegation inside of those leagues. The top level is playing the top level, the SEC, ACC, Big 12 merger, whatever that turns out to be. You're in the top 10 of that league. You're playing for one championship. 
you're in the bottom, you can move up, mm-hmm. and you're also playing for another championship. Yep. NIT-like. Yeah. And, and think about here locally. When Iowa State made that run to the NIT Final Four, yeah. and they went to Madison Square Garden. That was a big deal. That was a big deal. It was a big when deal. When Iowa went there with Gasell and Woodbury yeah. and that group, that was a big deal and played Baylor for the NIT Championship. I know nationally, nobody cared, but in our locally, world, right. that absolutely mattered. And same thing here. Yes, it's not going to get the same number, a championship game between Iowa State against Washington State for the second tier, if you will, of college football. But not only winning that game moves you up to the next tier and you make the bounce up, but just leading up to that and making that run and getting to that championship game, how big of a deal that would be for not just Ames and Iowa City, but Starkville and for Corvallis and those kind of programs. What a monster deal that would be. Lexington, because I don't know where Kentucky's going right. to end up. Those kind of things are absolutely huge. So, Trent, anything every, anything, and everything. There's no dumb ideas. There, there's no, there's and nothing, I got plenty of them. I know, you, but we, we both do. Um, that's why we're good together. Because they can't be honest. Well, I can't believe you said this. Yeah, well, listen to what the other guy said. Right. It was even, it was even worse. Um, that's, it's, it's, at the point we're in... Who knows? There's no blueprint yet. Mm-hmm. Unless the ESPN's got one and they just haven't shared it, which they may. Let's get Jeff. He's been very patient. He wants to chime in. Uh, Jeff, welcome to the program. Guys, how are you? Good. Uh, well, here's my thoughts on it, and I don't think I share this to myself. Um, I'm tired of talking about the alignment. I want to talk about of... college football. I'm with yeah. you. Well, well, I want to talk about college football, but as a Cyclone and Hawkeye fan, I just want to talk about the Cyclones this year. Now, we've hit it with, you know, the dead horse about the alignment and about Iowa State's schedule, but this possibly, and we all know this, this could be their best season ever to ride out in the sunset, beating an Oklahoma, beating a Texas, winning their, you know, their first outright conference title or mm-hmm. not doing it since, you know, 1910 or whatever it is. That's the stuff we should be enjoying. That's the script. We be, we, that is the script. And let, you know, the dominoes fall where they fall. Is it? You know, staying together as the Big Eight, is it going to the Big Ten, the Pac-12, the AAC, wherever? Who's going to get the contract? Fox, ESPN, whoever. All those details are going to come out soon enough, guys. Now, I understand you guys got to fill content. I get all that. But, you know, talking about the same things, it's like we don't know. And, you know, and I understand we're talking about it. But at the end of the day, I feel like maybe I'm a coach with this. I'm just worried about this season. And as Cyclone fans – we should enjoy this season because, like Trent maybe said maybe five minutes ago, this may never happen again. Win, win or lose, this is going to be a special season. People are going to talk about it with all the hype, even if they go seven and three or nine, you know, nine and two or whatever the, their record will be. They're going to remember this season, and I hope it doesn't get overshadowed with the realignment. All right, uh, to be fair, I, yeah. look at starting on Monday. I, I'm I don't want to talk about realignment until there's news that reverberates. I mean, that's kind of how I feel. It's August on Monday. College football for Illinois and Nebraska starts four weeks from tomorrow. Right. Yeah. Four weeks from tomorrow, there's a Big Ten game. Five weeks from tomorrow, Iowa and Iowa State both play their respective opponents. Indiana, in the case of the Hawks, uh, the Panthers, in the case of the Cyclones. So, yeah, I'm all for it. Go. What else hey, you got? Can I say, Ken, let me say one more thing. I couldn't call yesterday. Uh, I lost my cell phone. But um, <laughs> with the Olympics, two days ago, I want to say it was Caleb Dressel. Winning the hundred meter free, and he's so emotional seeing his wife, his family getting up on the stand. Yeah. 
you know, uh, Ledecky coming back. They, they had no business getting the silver medal in the 4 by 2 and she shoots out of nowhere, and she's one length away from winning. Those kind of stories, those athletes, that girl from uh, St. Paul winning yesterday, seeing those athletes in those stories, that's great for not just sports, but for life. No, it is. How about the gal for the swimmer from Alaska? Yes. And her classmates all getting together. Looked like I don't know if it was a gym, an auditorium, a meeting room, whatever. Um, that was incredible. That's what's what's one of the things I love as much as anything in the Olympics. Yeah, the 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 actual competition is great, but it's and especially this year, right? We see. I think we get to see more of the behind the scenes, the families, for the simple reason they can't go. I mean, we can't yeah, see unbridled enthusiasm like that in the stands. Now we can. In, in, in Alaska, Ken, they have one swimming pool. One. Well, they got a big one, but one Olympic size, <laughs> right? Though, yeah. Yeah. Yes, one one Olympic sized pool in Alaska. Isn't that something? You know, for her, it's 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 unbelievable. I just love those stories. Love them too, Jeff. Thanks for the call. Appreciate you chiming in. You have a good weekend. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah, that's good stuff. The humanitarian, the human stories of all of this. Uh, the local gal, what's her name? Schweitzer from mm-hmm. Dowling. Uh, she qualified here today. She moves on. That was early this morning. Yeah, there's a, the like five a.m. Five a.m. Yeah. And and there was a bunch of her supporters mm-hmm. that got up early, gathered together, and and watched the local angle of all of this. Love that stuff. And you're right. That's what makes the Olympics different. It's we talk about this from time to time. You know, is this something that excites my mom, my grandma? Yeah. Yeah. The Olympics do it, and mm-hmm. in a big time way. This is one you don't have to be a sports fan that it's going to suck you in. And those stories and the way NBC does it is absolutely right. Perfect. I right. mean, they they do a really good job of understanding that angle. And they got the right people, too. From Dan Hicks, the way that he mm-hmm. calls a swim meet. No, he's good. He's as good as you're going to yeah, get. Rowdy Gaines, his analyst, he's really good. And Michael Phelps. just He's really good. He's nonchalant, got yeah. his button-down shirt. You know what I have noticed, Trent? There's a whole bunch of hosts that I have no idea who they are on NBC. Yeah. Now, a lot of them, at least a couple of them, uh, have British accents. Are they, you know, did they deep, uh, jump into that pool, that talent pool, because of the fact, you know, they're... NBC, I don't think, sent everybody over. There's a lot of these games that are being called from a studio. Was it somewhere out east? I think it is Connecticut. Isn't I think it might be, too, yeah. That, is it Sanford, Connecticut? I'm not I think sure. that NBC, regardless, yeah, they're not there, a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, seeing that, and it's also the feed, the Olympic feed that they get. You know, it's not a bunch of NBC cameras that are there. Right. It is the yeah. worldwide right. Olympic feed. And I always get a kick out. I was watching a women's three-on-three gold medal match two nights ago. Uh, three-on-three. First time it's an Olympic event, and they're going through the lineup. You have to give. (laughs) I didn't even bet on it. I was just doing it for the sport of it, and they had somebody listed at one point nine four meters. Yeah, what the hell does that mean? I have no idea. I don't either. So I get on my phone. All right, yeah. let's uh, get out the calculator. Oh, okay. She six two or whatever. It right. Was. When I went to school, I mean, as soon as I graduated from school, we switched over to the metric system. I have no idea. I mean, yeah. I guess I would have caught on by now, right? You'd hope so. Right. You know, when I cross the border, it's it's 100 kilometers. What the hell is that? Uh, well, what's the temperature outside? It's 28. Boy, better bring a jacket. No, 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 no. That's 82 Fahrenheit. Um, yeah, but it's, it, it, is, it does sound weird when you, when you put it that way. I love the Olympics. I haven't been able to watch quite as much as I'd like, but mm-hmm. just the random stuff. We talked about that earlier in the week. I, I love the randomness of it and things that 
I really have human no interest stories. They, yes. they they do a really good job of that. They they do. There's been some there's been some good ones. Been some good results. Been some uh, unfortunate results. Um, been some results that make you think when it comes to the mental health aspect of all this. And you know, twenty years ago when concussions first started to be a thing that we started to talk about, mm-hmm. you know, you didn't really know what it was, right? I mean, it's it's a brain injury and. Um, it's been playing football forever. How is this just something that happens now? Well, we're just learning about this. Now mental health, right? Yeah. I think mental health in 20 years will be looked like concussions were 20 years ago. We'll know more about it, and it will be way, way more widely accepted as it should be instantly. But everybody's different. Um, I remember saying stupid things like back in 2004 when I started on the radio. Oh, it's Get back out there. Right. Rub some dirt on it. Right. Put a little butter on it. Get right. out. Well, it's a brain injury. Right. Oh. Well, when you put it that way. You do a little more research. Okay. It's not just getting dinged. Mm-hmm. How many times have we... Oh, you just got You dinged. can't see a bone bent in the wrong direction. It's not It's an inside injury. your skull. And same thing here. And those yes. people that are coming out with the hot takes and oh, going after place. Simone Biles, they're going to look even worse they in the are. coming years yep. as this becomes more and more part of our lexicon. All right. We got to hit Rizzo, right? Before we hit our first Let's break. Let's do it. That picture, I tweeted it out from Miller and Condon's account today, uh, last night, of him in a Yankee uniform. Mm-hmm. Just made me absolutely yeah, sick. I'm not a Cubs cool. fan. I watch a lot of Cubs baseball mm-hmm. because of the market we're he in. He traded the face of the franchise. And he's such a good dude. Yeah, look at the money he's raised. The Rizzo yes. Foundation. What he has done. The visits. I know a lot of guys make visits to hospital. Mm-hmm. They do. They, a lot of There's a lot of athletes that we don't know what they do behind the scenes. Uh, and, and Rizzo's not looking for publicity in this, but, you know, he's Anthony Rizzo. He's in Chicago. He has done so much for that city and meant so much to that city and meant so much to that fan base. And now he's no longer with them. It's just, it's a gut punch for Cubs fans here today. They're not as interesting today or tomorrow, certainly, as they were in the middle of this week. It is right. And even when you could flip it on, it's August. Uh, preseason football's not doing anything for you. You still want to watch your team, and you flip on the game and just not even have that mm-hmm. smiling face. And his personality, yeah. it's a big part. He's, it's infectious, and he's a hell of a player. He's a gold yes. glove first baseman. Um, you know, some majestic home runs, but they're gutting the team. I get it. I get it. I mean, Brian said he'd come back in free agency. I don't think that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. What about Rizzo? You know, maybe, I don't know. Who I wonder, knows? too, it being the Yankees. How much more of a gut punch that is. If he would have got traded to the Padres, even the Red Sox, since he was drafted by the Red mm-hmm. Sox, if it would have been a little easier to swallow. But to see mm-hmm. him in the pinstripes, yeah. to see him. With- well, he's, he's, he's from there. His family, uh, you mm-hmm. know, his wife's family's from, uh, what did he say, Connecticut. So it's that part of the country. It's just going to be weird. And, and buckle up because by three o'clock here this afternoon, Chris Bryant's going to be. You know, sporting another hat, Craig Kimbrell. Craig Kimbrell, likewise. But Bryant, one of the you know the two guys that been there. I mean, ground ball to third over to Rizzo. White. I mean, World Series Cubs win. Unbelievable. Um, it's going to be different, but that's the that's big time sports. And the Ricketts are tiring this thing down. They lowballed him. We knew it was coming. Lowballed him back in April, offered him 70. He wanted 120. A little bit of a difference there, but there was uh, no give and take, and now he's out the door. It's 
And have you seen what kind of return they got? Yeah, they got the, uh, I think it depends where you look, the number mm. 9 and number 12 prospect in the Yankees system. The outfielder's huge. He's like Aaron Judge big. Oh, okay. He's 6'6". Six, six. I don't judge is what, 6'7", mm-hmm. but he's tall and, and a pitcher. Um, I don't know. It's, it's going to be a good trade deadline today. How about the Dodgers pulling the rug out from underneath the podge? You, Darvish, actually tweeted that eye emoji. Yeah. That uh, when it seemed like Scherzer was on his way to to the Padres, and out of nowhere, the Dodgers swoop in and get uh, Scherzer and Trey Turner? Well, that was the crazy part to me. Scherzer had been long rumored, and there had been rumblings about Turner as the Nationals have disappointed, but to trade both of them, and trade them both to the same team? Speaking of what kind of haul you're going to get in return, you got to figure the Nationals. And, And Mike Rizzo, the GM of the Nationals, he's not a guy that likes to make these kind of trades. I got to figure they got a real, real Koopa coming in from the Dodgers organization for the Nationals. But, I mean, it just completely tilts I things. I know the, 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 uh, the, the main piece is a catcher. Mm-hmm. I think the number 5 prospect in all of baseball. Oh, wow. Yeah. That is tipping the balance back the other way. Even as the Giants have played very well against the Dodgers, continue to control that mm-hmm. division, you had those two guys to a roster just – Completely different. Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer's done. Yeah, not going to pitch again no. in a Dodgers uniform. So everybody else would be, all right, what can we find? Can we find a Zach Davies you know, to help out the back end? What do the Dodgers do? They go and they get Max Scherzer. Oh, and mm. on top of it, you know, we've had a lot of injuries on the infield. Let's just go get Trey Turner mm. as well. Uh, they played a different level. Mm-hmm. Luxury tax, be damned. Uh, Miller and Condon, 10.30. This is the final day, folks. Uh, at least of this go-around. Of the um, time to go for the green contest, your opportunity to win $1,000. So we've got two more opportunities. Um, Murph and Andy have one opportunity. And then the Fanatics have three opportunities. Is this a Saturday deal? No, it's not. It is not. It's only, it's only Monday through Friday. So here's your one of two remaining chances. KX and O. Still looking for our first winner. Let's get it right here. Keep saying that, Trent. Maybe we should just pipe down and give out the give out the keyword, <laughs> which we'll do right now. Time to go for the green on KX and O. Win a thousand dollars right now by texting the keyword Bills to two hundred two hundred. That's Bills to two hundred two hundred. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. All right, Bills to two hundred two hundred. Tom Cakert on the NBA draft and on the Hawks when we come back. Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.7. Your side. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial. Our friend Mike Mahon uh, passes this along. Carissa Schweizer, uh, who competed this morning and did qualify, she's now in Monday's final. It'll be televised at 7.40 local time on Peacock. That is a free app. But here's something that's that's great. She's in a final. Mm-hmm. A week from tomorrow, Saturday, August the 7th, is her, her other event, the 10,000. And there's a viewing watch party planned for the Farmer's Market, Court Avenue, ready for this, at 5.30 in the morning. Ooh, get a mimosa, get going early. 
So that's, I mean, what time does it start down there? Eight o'clock normally? I mean, I know the vendors get there earlier, but um, there's going to be a watch party a week from Saturday, August the 7th, at the uh, Farmer's Market downtown Court Avenue uh, for her 10,000, the final that she's in. That's awesome. Isn't that great? So 740 on Monday morning, she'll go for the gold in the 5,000 meter 10,000 a week from tomorrow. And if you want to watch it with a bunch of strangers, um, or invite some friends. Or invite some friends. You're, that's what's going to happen at Court Avenue at the Farmer's Market. Not sure where, but it's only a block. You'll be able to find it. Look for the big TV set and all the people standing <laughs> right. around it. Let's get Tom Cakert in here. HawkeyeReport.com. Tom, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you? Doing terrific. Hope you guys are doing well. Absolutely. Tom, I want to start before we get into the football and um, you know some of the um, tentacles that are uh, uh, surrounding realignment. Let's start uh, with uh, last night's draft. Um, you know, I love stories that uh, that work out well. I wasn't sure that Garza was going to hear his name uh, called. But he, look, I, I get that all these guys worked their tails off to get to this point, but man, did he ever, right? He uh, lost all that weight. He could have very easily been the back-to-back college football or college football college basketball player of the year we know he won it this year it's good when things work out for seemingly uh, a good person yeah and that's i was thrilled for him um spent the evening down in muscatine last night um at a local establishment because joe Wieskamp was doing his they were he was at home but he didn't really want media around he just kind of wanted to be around his family but invited us to come over after he got picked so it was fun to that's the most i've ever seen joe smile really? <laughs> was uh was talking to him about getting picked by the spurs last night and you know he's he was telling me he's like i'm getting on a plane tomorrow to go to san antonio and then back out to las vegas for uh summer league so um you know both those guys it, it, it was interesting how it worked out that Luca ends up at the Pistons and he'll be reunited with mm-hmm. Tyler Cook. And that's probably, you know, frankly, a good organization for them because they're, uh, the, Detroit's doing the reboot thing. Mm-hmm. They're just going to rebuild from the ground floor with Cade Cunningham and, and young pieces. And so it's um, probably a good, a good place for Luca because it seems like they'll give him an opportunity to uh, see if he can carve out a role. And Joe's, Joe's with, you know, basically the new england patriots of of the nba you know you know that's just and get to work with the legendary coach and the whole thing so um that's funny funny joe moment so he's on the phone with his his agent um and the agent said give me three numbers that you kind of maybe want to wear for the spurs and the first one he mentions was 21 and he goes uh, Joe, that one's taken. You know, <laughs> yeah. Tim Duncan's old number. <laughs> that one's not coming down. No, no, don't don't see that one. Yeah, yeah, he's not getting that one. So I thought that was really funny. Uh, that's great stuff. And you look at them, the Spurs, though a great organization, they're retooling right now. And I know a lot of people question some of the things that they've done leading up here to the draft, but feels like there's a real good chance of making that team and and being not just a two-way player, but playing a lot of games for Wieskamp. Same thing as you mentioned with Luca Garza here. And you got to obviously know Luca incredibly well over the last four years. I know we're not supposed to root in this industry. Mm-hmm. He's a guy, though, that just the way that he works, and not just the videos that his dad put out, but deeper than that, you know it, Tom, the work that that guy put in, just to hear his name called, what a thrill that had to be from a guy that people said was too pudgy, not athletic enough to even play in the Big Ten. And here he is. 
Yeah, it's um, it's one of the nicest uh, young guys that come through the program. Seriously, I mean that you know, with all the accolades and all the attention that he got, he could have got an inflated ego and kind of been dismissive of any of us. And uh, and and he never was. He's just the same guy. After you know, we you know back when we were able to talk face to face with guys, I mean, he would hang around and talk with us. You know, just mm-hmm. uh, after post-game stuff, just kind of catching up or just talking about some different things. And he's just, he's a genuinely really good young guy. And I'll say the same for Joe. I mean, Joe, I've known since he was a freshman in high school. And um, and he's just been the, you know, he's quiet. Uh, but once you get to know him, he's he's pretty good to talk to. By the way, uh, so he's over at his house and his youngest brother, Luke, is going to be starting high school this year. And Luke's probably grown about four inches. He's probably about 6'5 right now. Oh, and uh, Luke has has told some of the people down there that he's going to break all of Joe's records. That must be. Nice. Nice. A uh, little brother back and forth. That That's good stuff. Where did Luca watch the draft? Uh, do you know, Tom? I have no idea. Um, I don't know what they did um, for, for a draft thing. I just, just know what, what Joe did. Um, and you know, by the way, all these mock drafts now, everybody puts out a mock draft the day after the draft for the next year. Mm-hmm. And Iowa might have somebody next year. Yeah. Keegan Murray is already in first round draft pick in, in you know, the Athletic and ESPN. They'll both have him in first round. Wouldn't be a bit surprised if that happens. Well, let's, uh, let's go that basketball route and talk about this upcoming Hawkeye team. Tom, I know we've talked about it in spurts here this summer with you, but very intriguing team. Going to be different, going to be built obviously a lot differently. I worry about shooting a little bit, but have a chance to be better on the defensive end. Where do you look at this team right now? Fringe NCAA tournament team, or is that maybe even too high of expectations when you look at the current roster? Yeah, I think probably bubble team. Um, and I think that's where Lenardi has them, at least right now, is kind of like a 8-9 seed, maybe a 10 seed. They've got some pieces. Um, it's going to be interesting how much... They can put um, Jordan Bohannon off the ball and how that's going to take. And we'll find out if Joe Toussaint is a point guard or not. We're just going to have to, you know, you're going to have to give him the ball and let him see how he does. And um, But this is, you know, every, everybody that I've talked to has kind of said this is kind of um, Toussaint's team, but it's also kind of the changing of the guard in terms of scoring. And this is going to be Keegan Murray and, and Patrick McCaffrey's team. Um, I suspect uh, uh is going to start right away. And um, another thing to watch, I would say, is Conor McCaffrey's probably going to be kind of their Swiss Army knife off the bench that mm-hmm. can play multiple positions. And he's probably going to be the first guy off the bench for them and kind of lead that second group, which will have a lot more younger players, you know, Tony Perkins and Aaron Eulis and um, Joshua Gundele and, and even Chris Murray. Connor's going to kind of be the leader for that uh, that second group. Uh, Tom Kecker from HawkeyeReport.com is our guest. Tom, let's get to the biggest talker for the the last nine days or whatever it's been. Uh, And that's uh, realignment. We know it's official. The SEC is offered. Oklahoma and Texas uh, very quickly said that they're in, like like this just happened. Uh, But they're they're willing to stay through 2025, and we don't believe that. But I want to ask from a a Big Ten perspective, we know the SEC is expanding. Uh, We've we've seen, you know, it depends on who you read or who you listen to, that the Big Ten 
Ten doesn't need to do anything, that they can just sit back. I'm not so sure that's the approach to take. I think proact is always better than react if there is a, if there is, um, a move to be made. How do you see the Big Ten going forward, Tom? Here's the thing that I would be, I'm going to be interested in. And it, everything that has gone on, uh, with realignment, even back to 2011, was about one thing and one thing only, and it was about it was about te- television. Yep. That's what it was. It was it's it's television driven. Back in 2011, and you know when when uh, Big Ten ads, even uh, Rutgers in Maryland, it was about cable boxes. Now it's different because cable's dying. Uh, you know everybody's cutting the cord and everything, but it's still about viewers and what's gonna what's gonna generate eyeballs and. Um, and I and the media rights for the Big Ten are up 2023, so that kind of piques my interest a little bit more. If the Big Ten is going to do something, I think it's going to be sooner rather than later, simply because they want to present that to the TV partners. Now, it, the fascinating thing for me is going to be it, it seems like, and I think Bob Bowlesby will back me up on this. Hmm. Seems like ESPN is pretty much heavily in bed with the SEC at this point. Pretty good and guess. I think, I th- yeah, and I think Fox is going to, uh, you know, want to just put their marker down with the number two league in the Big Ten and um, and try and do things there. So um, I think that's going to be the fascinating thing is how much is ESPN going to even care about having any Big Ten games moving forward after the media rights deals up? I don't know. Mm. And by the way, you guys are right. Well, there's no way that Oklahoma and Texas are playing no. next year. In the in the Big Twelve, no. I mean that's like that's like uh, you got a divorce, but you're still living with your right. wife, right. you know, your ex-wife. You can't do that. It's no. just not going to happen. Not going to happen, absolutely. And you got to figure. Just for, write the check and get yeah. it over with. It's going to happen. You It'll know? take some lawyering to get to that point, but that's ultimately what's going to be the end game here. The same thing happened recently with Maryland leaving the ACC. That happened, I think, in November. By the next August, they were out playing Big Ten sports, and the same thing's going to happen, certainly here with Texas and OU. So the recruiting footprint, have you heard anything yet? Has this impacted some of the prospects that I was talked about, talked to, guys that they're re-recruiting? you got to figure, and yes, I'm looking at, of course, the Iowa States, the Kansas States, teams that they bump into a lot recruiting. Has that come up yet, or is it still too early for that? I think it's still too early, but, boy, I, you know, and this. No disrespect to the Iowa State people, but I'd be worried about what your place is because I don't think the Big Ten's going to say, "Hey, yeah, just come on in." Mm-hmm. You know, I because I, I, it's going to be a, a and Stuart Mandel did some really good uh, writing and reporting on this. The TVs that the Big Twelve, it's like everybody watched Oklahoma and Texas games, but nobody watched Iowa State and K State mm-hmm. and TCU and Texas. They just it just doesn't move the needle in football. And it's a football decision. It really is. It's not a basketball decision, no matter what Kansas wants to think. It's just not. And um, it's it's got to be a TV decision. Uh, there's just, you know, you have to look at from the big fish perspective. Oklahoma and Texas were big fish. The only two other big fish that might be available, Notre Dame is obviously one, and USC is number two. That's it. That's the list. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's an excellent point. Tom Caker at com. Tom, uh, when does uh, fall camp start? Uh, that starts August 5th is when Iowa gets underway. 
So you got some of the some mm. of the schools starting this weekend because they they're like uh, Illinois and Nebraska. Oh, week zero. week zero. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, ready or not, here it comes. And media days will be when, Tom? Do you have that yet? Yeah, the 13th is media day, and then uh, the kids' day, the open practice is on the 14th. So a little bit of a, uh, you know, kind of a break there. But I kind of like having it a week later because maybe we can get some more information Mm -hmm. out of people because a lot of times we say, how's practice going? Well, we've only had one workout. Now we're going to, you know, there'll be a weekend and, um, you know, but, Things are going to be so weird this year because they're only going to have like nine padded practices out of the fall camp. So it's going to be weird for coaches. Too. Uh, Big Ten Network, are they making the rounds? Do we know? Have you seen that? I have not seen anything. I forgot to ask those those guys. Uh, I usually ask in, when we're at Big Ten Media Days, but they didn't. Nothing was was publicized, but I uh, should check on that. I hope they do. Find out. That is a it great, really is. yeah, big piece of August for us, no doubt about uh, yeah, it. Yeah, all think, of the schools uh, on the yeah, schedule. Yeah, COVID may have yeah. something to say about right. it. Uh, You're right. You know. Makes it unfortunate. Hey, final thing uh, for you, Tom. Duke Slater Field, well yeah, overdue, absolutely. and uh, great work there by the University of Iowa. Yeah, it was. It's uh, long overdue, you know, they, um, and, and I just think it's, it's, uh, you know, they had the dormitory, but I, I just think that you got to do something football-wise. And they had that relief thing that's on the north end zone that uh, kind of honors him in that legacy. But, um, boy, it's just, you know, last year probably pushed this along, but it was long overdue. And, um, you know, this is marks a uh, hundred years since that Notre Dame game where Duke Slater played in. Uh, this year, so they're going to be doing that. That honoring officially doing this in a more uh, kind of formal manner at the the Penn State game this year, which I, I assume is going to be a uh, a night game at Kinnick. All for that. Good stuff, Tom. Uh, Trent's on vacation next week. I will speak with you uh, a week from today. Thank you, Tom Kaker. Appreciate you coming on. Okay, thanks, guys. Thank you, Tom Kaker. HawkeyeReport dot com. As we catch up on the Iowa perspective of things, we will catch up with Stuart Mandel to lead off our number two from the athletic. Uh, look forward to that conversation. Uh, uh, then Dave Sprout about 11, 20, 11, 25 ish on Iowa state. Claxons at 11 45 Miller and Condon are on 1460 KX and Owen. Condon, welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 1460 KX and 0106.3 on the FM Dial. Boy, some of the comments coming out of the uh, uh, press opportunity uh, with the president of Oklahoma, uh, the reason why they were uh, they wanted to make this move, well, it's money. <laughs> right. But uh, stability and uh, pers- uh, uh, preservation, uh, the Big 12 had fallen to last as far as in, uh, in media rights when those negotiations are going to happen. Um, it's very telling the, where this conference is going and what ESPN thinks of this conference because that's what they mean when they say the media rights and negotiating or renegotiating the media rights. Speaking of Oklahoma, good. has it been a little surprising that seemingly almost every single era outside of Stillwater has come just to Texas? Oklahoma really has not been swept up in this. It's been the big bad bully of Texas mm-hmm. and everybody blaming Texas. Oklahoma is an equal partner, though, in this. Yeah, they are. But they just, for whatever reason, yeah, it's a good point. They, they, they don't get the, the angst and the arrows coming their way. It's because Texas, the first time, it was all about Texas. Mm-hmm. 
you know, you go back to 2010. That was it was them that was behind this, and and they've placated and they've right. done everything possible yes. for Texas. And Oklahoma's got the runoff of that. I mean, mm-hmm. they're seemingly second in every single other category monetarily in the league. But it's just interesting that everybody hates Texas, but Oklahoma. Yeah, the team that's actually won the last six Big 12 championships. Right. Yeah, well, there's fine. that. They, <laughs> it became apparent that the Big 12 was last in line for media negotiations. And that's why one of the reasons why Oklahoma and Texas are saying that they made the move. Well, hopefully Stuart Mandel, who's tweeting up a storm as he listens in, hopefully he'll find time for us. He's scheduled to join us here when we come back at 11.05. Dave Sproul uh, will join us. Uh, at 11.25, we'll get things from an Iowa State perspective. Uh, he was in the building for Otani last weekend. He was up at uh, Target Field. Watch Otani as well as the Twins fan. Uh, the final hour of the week is coming up next on Miller & Condon, 1460 KXNO, 106.1.